0: Hello, I'm Nick Holland with Information Security Media Group, and today I'm joined by Chris Greenie, who is the Managing Director, Head of Group Investigations and Insider Threat Program at Barclays. Welcome, Chris.
1: Hello, thanks very much for having me.
0: So let's let's start off, Chris, by asking what you know. What are the most pervasive forms of insider threat you come across today?
1: Yes, yeah, so I think you know, from an industry perspective, you know, not just a Barclays perspective. I think there's a there's a number of themes come out. And I always talk about this, and I talk about it on my presentations that there's there's probably three types of insider that concern us at different levels and it's what i call the, the you know the late the foolish the lazy and the criminal um and, and so the sort of the foolish are that those people who um through no fault of their own don't quite understand the systems the processes the industry uses or the data se- sectors they use and and inadvertently put the organization at risk and i think a great example of that is phishing emails or business email compromise that kind of stuff so that's the sort of what I call this? all the foolish. They're not aware we've got to help them. The next is what I call the lazy uh, and they're the ones who know what our business processes are, what our control infrastructure looks like and they know the rules of the road but they choose for speed or they can't be bothered. They choose to ignore them and they present risk and, and that's another group. And then the last one for me is what I call the criminal. They know exactly what they're doing. They've either been compromised by a crime group to come and work in an industry or for whatever reason they've decided to go rogue and so they're the three sort of key insider people themes uh, i look at and consider in my work and i know it's the industry sort of view as well
0: so what what are the most problematic out of those three categories and uh, you know which ones are growing <laughs> that's a really
1: it's an interesting question so yeah they're all different and they require different treatment i think and i think you know all, all of the industry sees fishing you know, all the industry sees fishing and it just takes one click does it not Right. By an employee who doesn't understand the landscape to cause trouble in your network, if you haven't got other sort of things in place like network segmentation and stuff like that, but but I think that sort of the, if you're asking what is the volume of things that create problems from an insider perspective, it's probably phishing, I, I would say, and then the other two areas are sort of a different type of approach. The middle one, and the one I call the lazy, is much more sort of warning and informing, and the last one is like the real high level. You know, we're going to deal with this with law enforcement.
0: Right. So, I mean, I, I take it that, I mean, if you talk about phishing being the biggest problem, then that is, that is really down to people being naive and not necessarily educated to, for what to look for. But, I mean, so how do you prepare for that kind of pilot error when you've got people who are, again, you know, no, through no fault of their own, they, they look yeah. at phishing links as being legitimate?
1: Yeah, so I think, that, I think there's a number of sort of steps you have to take in that educational awareness. And you know, we have a big educational awareness sort of campaign within the organization as other. Sort of industry leaders do, and I think that's about changing the culture and the mindset of people in your organisation to understand the threats coming up on their their desktop or their laptop, etc. And I think that is a really that's like painting the fourth road bridge. Uh, For those of you who aren't from the UK, it's in Scotland. but uh, by the time we get to the end of it, you've got to start painting it again because the weather's so bad um, uh, a lot of the time. So, so that is really just that education awareness never stops. You know, we keep rolling it through keep reminding people because I think when you stop the education and then sort of people sort of relax again so we've had a really I think progressive campaign within the organisation to really help people understand what what the threats look like you know what an email compromise looks like how to think about it you know take a pause before you click is a great sort of thing I've always utilised whether I was in the police or in the bank just take time to think what you're getting here and no you haven't won the lottery and you know no you probably haven't got a tax return giving you some money back so Simple steps like that in education really help the user feel a part of the organization, as opposed to the organization sort of beating them up. The organization is trying to help them learn and understand and protect themselves. I think the other piece for me about this is this really keen piece is if we can help the user make themselves safer at home, they'll be safer at work because it's part of their life. Um, So I think that's the sort of key thing. And then, sort of, the secondary bit on top of that is making sure that people have, have enhanced training. Across the whole cyber landscape, not just phishing, because it's all linked to you know computer delivery. So a very wide scale sort of cyber training program, which all employees have to go through to create create that ongoing educational awareness. And then the last thing, really, is simulations. You know, we, we do simulations with staff, uh, and then test the output and see if we're succeeding. And generally, it looks like we are.
0: Okay, I mean, you, you touched on something actually just there, talking about you know uh, you know being at home as well as in the office. I mean, how much of a problem is is BYOD? Still,
1: well, it depends. It depends which end of the sort of um, sort of piece of string you look at. Really, I mean, I, I don't see it as a problem. I think culturally, people go, "Oh, BYOD, big problem." But if you're, you know, if you've got decent infrastructure and a good tool set BYOD should not be a problem. And in fact, the very reverse—it's an enabler, um, sort of truly dynamic working and sort of efficient and streamlined activity as long as you've got effective controls, it shouldn't matter what device you own, I don't think. So I don't see bio as a problem. I think culturally people do, perhaps. Some people go, oh, your own device, you know, head-in-the-hand stuff." There's always going to be some risk in whatever infrastructure you use. It's about having a really effective control set around that risk that reduce it to such a degree you enable your staff to work dynamically globally, which yeah. is what we want to do. You know?
0: so, so let me pivot a little bit, Chris. Um, I mean, obviously GDPR has come into effect you know, in terms of um, it, its enforcement, as of May this year, has that had any impact from your standpoint in terms of insider threat or the training of people in, in terms of what they should be doing?
1: Well, I always think that you know, I always think legislation shouldn't be um, the reason you do something. So, you know, regulation shouldn't be the reason you have a good company culture and a good high standard. So, yeah, GDPR is another piece of the regulatory framework we completely endorse. GDPR is just another you know, very sort of good uh, piece of regulation that you know, helps us all across the industry, not just our industry, you know, behave better. But I, I like to think that, you know, the place I work currently in the bank, you know, we've been trying to drive high standards, transparency, openness, strong integrity amongst staff for a long time before GDPR came up. Yeah. And so in terms of, does, has that changed how we, uh, our appetite for risk? No, because we still recognise that, we have to protect our customers' data. We have to really pursue that trust agenda with our clients and stakeholders. And so, GDPR yet yeah, it's another part of the regulatory landscape. Um, but in terms of what we do with our staff to make sure they absolutely understand that you know how they behave on our network is critically important to that trust agenda. And you know, good behaviour is is where we are really. I think.
0: Yeah, that, that's fundamental, obviously. Well, Chris, thanks very right. much for joining me today. Uh, that was Chris Greeny, Managing Director and Head of Group Investigations Inside a Threat Program at Barclays. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Nick Holland.